Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Lucas Raymond podcast. I am your host, Brian Fisher, 97.1 The Ticket producer, with me as, well, starting from today, with me as always, is Scotty Bentley, host here on Locked On Lucas Raymond, as well as host of Locked On Tigers. And Scott, we just got a, what a weekend. I don't even know how to start to process my emotions from Saturday's six to one blowout to Sunday's six to three revert, you know, blowing out the Chicago Blackhawks. It's just, I, my emotions are all over the place. It's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. First off, welcome. Welcome to the show, bud. Yeah, welcome welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, taking the reins over today. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, hell of a, hell of a, uh, you picked a hell of an episode to start off on I, to, to kick off your tenure on. I tweeted it out and I was like, I cannot think of a better game to kick my tenure off uh, as one of the two hosts of this podcast than the Lucas Raymond Hattrick game. And that's, that's what it will forever be known as. That's what this episode is going to be titled. I, I, I thought of it on the way home. And I'm like, this is literally just going to be in all caps, the Lucas Raymond Hattrick episode. That's what else is there to talk about? Like, obviously we're going to, we're going to recap the weekend and break down the first segment. We're going to spend here on the Montreal Canadians game, which was just an absolute crap show. It was bad all around, bad. but then just the reverse that was this game against the Blackhawks, Scotty. I, I, I'm really? so, I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. Like my, I'm usually down here. I am up here right now with my energy levels. And first show, Lucas Raymond Hattie. It's just, it's a day for you. It's I, it an absolute day. Absolute day for me. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I gotta thank everyone listening for making Lockdown your first Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Before we can get into the Chicago Blackhawks game, we got to break down what was the game on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens, and that was just a, an abysmal, abysmal hockey game. Um, it was. Yeah, I think one of the like biggest things that was very apparent fairly early on, and like we'll get into everything that went wrong because there's a lot of stuff that went wrong, but one of the most apparent things so early on was the the chippiness and like the aggressiveness that we had been playing with all season up to that point just went out the window. And I don't know if that was a hundred percent because of no Burt or whether that was just, you got behind the eight ball early and then like, it's, it's hard to be super aggressive and, and competitive like that when you're down three, one, four, one, five, one, six, one or what. But um, there was a very clear lack of energy and physicality in Saturday's game that uh, was A, brought back very next day, 24 hours later in Chicago, but B, that we had been playing with all season up to that point. No, and you're 100% right. That that whole the energy of that game was just completely different. And I don't want to credit it all to one player, to being Tyler Bertuzzi being out of the lineup, but it was noticeable. Like you said, the grittiness was not there. And, you know, they got off on, and they started that game off on the right note. You know, they had they got a power play in Lucas Raymond, or not Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, rather, six seconds into the power play. It was a nice cycle. 
Um, Moritz Sider got the puck off the faceoff. They won it back to him. And then uh, Dylan Larkin cycled up the boards while Moritz Sider slid over, gave the pass back. Larkin waited, waited, waited until there was a screen, fired the shot. You're up one nothing. You're feeling really good about that game. And then it just fell apart from there. And a lot of it, like you said, is attributed to Tyler Bertuzzi not being there, part, partly at least. The other part, the Red Wings kept shooting themselves in the foot. They couldn't stay out of the penalty box. Yeah, it was it was really a, a apparent and really bad very, very quickly. There was uh, a lot of... And, and there was several, again, like I, I hate to be... I. I I have refed and umped before, so not obviously at that level, Sound but the like alarm. so right. So like I hate being like the oh my goodness, like you know if if like the refs don't call anything for us or whatever. I I I try to avoid that like uh, I don't I don't know mentality or or um, narrative, but it there there was several like more I should say kind of dirty-ish hits in that game that just nothing happened out of. Uh, there was even a, another one in, in Sunday's game against Chicago, too. But uh, that's the the Red Wings being as undisciplined as they were is is separate from that in my eyes. That is not that is that is not an excuse for how often we were in the penalty box over and over and over again. And I think that th- a, you just can't do that. You can't play from behind in the NHL level almost the entire game and, and expect to come out on top. But it's just a, a horrible momentum shift when you get out to a 1-0 start like that to then just start being that. Well, and the Montreal Canadiens up until that game had not not scored more than one goal in each of their previous games. And so to go into Montreal and just lay an egg like that, I mean, they, they were winless up until that point. That was their first win of the season. And to lay an egg like that was just kind of shocking I mean, they got shut up by Calgary, I believe, the, the game before. So, you, yeah. you know, the Red Wings are already, you were expecting them to respond after a home loss against Calgary. And instead, they just came out, you know, flaccid again, and they just didn't perform again. And Thomas Grice also, with all the penalties they were taking, but he did not look on top of his game either. No. He was given up. Thomas a- Grice, he, he looked bad. Yeah. He, and- he looked bad. And, and the goalie situation in general for both teams is something to talk about. They... The, the 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 Canadians are are you're going into the game you go up one nothing there they have a goalie that bear, I don't even think going into the game he had a 900 save percentage and then you know we we get clapped by five like that's that's it's not it, all around just a, a horrible and by the third period it was it was I, I mean they they were more physical than us they they beat the hell out of us and uh, they they exhausted they they grabbed us and, and and sucked the life out of this team and and we were by the third period it was it was even uglier than it than it had been the previous period and a half no and you you brought up the point about how his save percentage wasn't above 900 before that game and you're right because after that game where he faced made 26 of 27 saves his save percentage is now in 0.905 jake allen who's a career backup goaltender now has a save percentage that is above 900 on the season granted it's a small sample size only five games but that is not something especially with how poor they have been playing. You don't want to be the team that gives them life like that. And then you go into Montreal and you just, I don't know if they underestimated Montreal or what, but that that is a team that while they lost key pieces in Carey Price and Shea Weber, didn't make the Stanley Cup final last year. So there is clearly talent on that team. And you went in there and underestimated them. And it, it was just overall wasn't an impressive game. But thankfully, they rebounded nicely on Sunday 
and we will get into that game against Chicago right after this break. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's a no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Larkin, Raymond, open, scores! Hat-trick. Lucas Raymond with a hat trick! Set up by Larkin and Sider! And the Red Wings have a 6-3 lead, 7 into the third. Congratulations, Lucas Raymond. All right, welcome back to segment two of the Locked On Red Wings podcast. And we are now going to get into, Scotty, the fun part of this episode, which is recapping that Detroit Red Wings-Chicago Blackhawks game where the Red Wings won 6-3 to and Lucas Raymond scored a hat-trick. Unreal. Beauty. Absolute beauty of a game. And, and the like Raymond's obviously going to be the big storyline, and we'll talk about that plenty. But um, it was it – was a, a, a bloodbath at points. Oh. I mean, that that was that it had. You know what? I got a. Li- I started sweating a little bit because it had <laughs> shades of opening night, and I it had some shades of of opening night, in it, and then I uh, I got I got a little nervous there for a hot sec. I'm not gonna lie to you, Brian. I got I, a little nervous there. I, I thought the same thing. I actually tweeted about it because I'm like, okay, so Lucas Raymond's got a hat trick. Tyler Bertuzzi had a hat trick. He actually had four goals, but he had a hat trick. And now it's a close game. They scored that goal that got overturned. I'm like, it's six to four. There's six minutes left in this game. Oh my God, they're going to blow this thing. And instead, instead of my first episode with Lockdown Red Wings as host being about Lucas Raymond's hat trick, it's about how they continue to blow big leads. And another thing we didn't bring up about the Montreal game is that 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 game against Montreal felt very last year with the fact that Parole had that natural hat trick and they just got blown out of the water. That's something you saw last year. This game tonight, this game on Sunday, was something that I hope is we get a lot more of this year. And just for sure. And you look at the stat sheet. Obviously, Lucas Raymond had three goals and one assist. The big graphic they put on the screen. First, the third 19 year old or younger teenager. Teenager, essentially, yes. The first teenager, the third, gosh, let me start that over. The third teenager in Red Wings history to score four points in a game. The other two. Steve Eiserman and Gordy Howe. That is pretty good elite company to be in. And I. It's not bad. You know, it's certainly not bad. Not it's, bad. Yeah. There's, there's, there's worse company. There's worse company. No, he, he was absolutely incredible. And I think the, one of the biggest things about the performance, I mean, the, the, the counting stats are all there. The goal, the, the first goal was a beauty. An, an absolute beauty. The second one was kind of a push in, but who cares? It was. It really was. He, he was. He was great. And I. It's important to to realize that outside of just taking advantage of the scoring chances, he was incredible without the puck too. He he yes. looked really really solid. 
in uh, in the defensive end, which I didn't really uh, expect, I guess, coming into the season. But even more so, just he, he's, his passing continues to impress the living hell out of me. He sets people up. Uh, we saw earlier in the year uh, he was on the power play and set up a nice goal. Like he, his, his passing continues to be so so. I, I don't want to call it underrated even anymore because I think people are starting to get the memo. But it, the the passing looks absolutely incredible and just all around a a very impressive performance on top of obviously all the counting stats and stuff. Yeah, and but the thing too to focus on is that goal he had was an absolute the way that little leg fake he did right before he slid Third. it right between the reigning Vesna champion Third. Right between his pads absolutely filthy Third. and he's not afraid to get gritty with it either like he got down in the, the crease and buried that second one and then he had the absolute one timer and like you said just i was one of the people who in the preseason i will call myself out i was one of the people during the preseason who said he probably needs some time in the ahl and i was like the main reason he probably made the team was because verona got hurt and i am eating those words and i couldn't be happier i honestly couldn't yeah. be happier because he's got four goals in what five six games now six games and he had a four-point night. Then the, the, the assists are there. The apples are all there. The, the, he continues to, to be – even on nights when he doesn't score, he looks great. You know what I mean? I, there are some – sometimes you have players who, who will take advantage of scoring opportunities or maybe like a, a goal or two will give a misconception of like how, how good or bad of a season they're having based on their goal numbers. He is – looked absolutely phenomenal even when he doesn't score even when he doesn't have the puck in his hands he's moving around he's crashing the net which seems to be a theme throughout everybody on the team that just seems to be like the strategy this year everybody loves to crash the net which is great um all all around absolutely fantastic the the lucas raymond hat trick game will will forever live uh live in infamy and yeah what six games into his nhl career yeah six games into his nhl career he's already got four goals he's got an assist tonight and, you know, not just – he's not the only rookie. Obviously, he's the rookie of the night. Like, he's the guy everyone's going to sure. be talking about. But there was great performances all around on this NHL team. Obviously, there was – Tyler Bertuzzi himself had, I think, a three- or four-point game. Let me – I have the box score up here. Uh, he had a three-point game with a goal and two assists. That whole top line, Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond, has been just clicking on all cylinders so well. Luke, or Dylan Larkin had a goal yesterday. He had the goal in the home opener. Um, he's been so – and I've said this since probably – I won't, you know, say that I've been saying this forever, but I realized fairly quickly into his tenure with the Red Wings that Dylan Larkin's probably better served as the setup man than the actual goal scorer himself. And it shows because he's getting a lot of the primary and secondary assists on these goals. If you look back on all the goals Lucas Raymond has had, Dylan Larkin has touched the puck on like three of the four of them at the very least. And yeah. Dylan, Dylan Larkin's getting into the zone and he's setting up the play for either Tyler Bertuzzi or Lucas Raymond to finish the job. That first line's been unreal. And we, we've had in the past, we've had uh, a couple of years ago, like the Mantha Larkin line. Like, like we've had a, a good top line in the past. And then, it, you know, we kind of had the, oh, if you shut down the top line, you shut down the team. And, but, but even to an, a more, th this year's different for a lot of reasons. One, that top line, I, I think, has the ceiling of being better than any top line we've had in, in, the last several years, especially definitely Easily. since the rebuild started. And uh, but but on top of that, the, the depth past that line 
has been impressive. And for as frustrating as some people get with Blashill doing the the line mismatching, oh, I'm going to put some people on one line, some, you know what I mean? Like, like he people have gotten very frustrated with him in the past for doing that. If it means that playmaker Dylan Larkin gets to play with more of the younger people, we're seeing the the benefits be reaped in that regard, and we're seeing him get get paired with some different people, and not not for too terribly long. He he mostly sticks with that that top line is the top line, but mm-hmm. we are we are seeing a a plethora of playmaking. I like the alliteration on that plethora Love of playmaking. playmaking. Love it. Uh, but but all around, man, from so many different people, young kids included, and you're absolutely right. It all starts with Larkin, and he has been, he, he got a little chippy again uh, on Sunday. He just continues to be the captain. Like, it, it, it's, it, last year it was nice, like he did it, but the team still struggled a lot, and then the injury. This year, like, the, he's the dog. Like, that, that's the damn captain, man. That's the damn captain. I like, that's the new catchphrase. That's the damn captain right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just... With the grittiness regarding Larkin's grittiness, I originally wasn't really there for it. Like, I wasn't really supportive of it because the last two captains were those, like, you know, very, those, it was Nicholas Lidstrom and Henrik Zetterberg who were very, um, stoic. Stoic. Yes. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. They don't really get into the gritty matches. They lead by being the perf, like, just staying out of the trouble, staying out of the box, leading by example. Lindstrom's nickname is Perfect Human. The Perfect Human, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're getting a different type of captain out of Dylan Larkin where it's he still he still can lead by example on the ice but with the with the points. Maybe he won't maybe we won't be the 100 point scorer that people wanted him to be when they drafted him all those years ago, but he's going to be getting points. He's going to be setting up plays, but he's not afraid of standing up for his teammates either. And that's that's an important leadership quality you want out of a, a captain as well. And the moment, like in the last game, for example, or was it against Calgary two games ago, where Lucas Raymond kind of got sandbagged um, after he scored his first NHL goal? That so that was the game against Columbus. Both Bertuzzi and Larkin immediately went to the player that hit him from behind, and you know messed him up. It, that's that's the type of stuff you want out of your top line. You want to protect those young guys. And Dylan Larkin has been on the receiving end of not being defended for so long that he's not going to let that happen to other his teammates. And, and that's exactly, I love seeing that out of him. And and we're seeing it out of Bert to an extreme too. Like, oh, yeah. like Bert's in the same mindset. Like they have been put, it, it's very much seems like a, a, we are done getting pushed around mindset, which I love. I absolutely love because we have been for the last several seasons and all the players that are, that are, that have been here, through this process and through the last couple of years, like Larkin and, and Bertuzzi and and e- even, I mean, like DeKaiser, I guess, has been here forever, but like, I, I don't know if he really counts into this, but just <laughs> the, the overall the overall feel of the, the leadership of the team, just not taking any of that anymore and just saying, hey, we have to we have to stand up for ourselves. We have to put a stop to all this ourselves and we're going to do that is is beautiful and it's I, awesome and and as fans we should be absolutely exhilarated i think the nhl made it very clear early this season that they were not going to protect the players and so they re- the red wings realized they had to protect themselves it started with dylan larkin's superman punch <laughs> clotheslining it Matthew did. joseph and it's just going to continue from there and you know they're they're obviously the top scoring on this team came from the top line as it should 
you know, three assists for Larkin tonight. Bertuzzi was a, had a goal and two assists, and Lucas Raymond had three goals and one assist. Uh, Mitchell Stevens had himself a nice game, too, with two assists as well. Um, the depth scoring hasn't really shown up yet, but I have a feeling it's coming. I have a feeling that Mitchell Stevens is going to net his first career goal. I think Pew Suter is. Carter Rowney had his first any, uh, first Red Wings goal today, too, which was nice to see. Uh, yeah, Nesnikov got himself one. So, they're, they're, you know, four of your six goals came from that your top line, but, you know, you're starting to see a little bit of offensive pressure from those bottom six lines, and I think it's a bit of a trickle-down from that top line. They say, oh, well, that's playing. They're carrying that momentum into the next shift. And exactly, I, I, I think I that's going to be important. Absolutely, I think Suter is so important to that. Yes. That's that's where I think he he is the most one of the most important players on this entire team. Truly, I I think his depth at that position. He's so good at running quarterback like that. I think his his status on the team is is so important in getting those second and third lines and and even if he goes out there for like a a second shift power play or something like that like he he's going to be so important to getting the not first lines going and rolling and i i think that that is that is one of he, he looked good tonight too i mean the former team like you know yeah. he he looks solid so uh i i think that that is going to be he is going to be one of the most important players on this team going forward for that exact reason. Yeah, I think when it comes to the depth scoring, it's going to be a lot more of, uh, and people hate it. People hate when Blashill does it, but I think it is going to take a little bit more line juggling to figure out the perfect pairs. But there's talent on those, those at least the second and third lines at the very least, with Zadina, with Fabry, with Pew Suter, Mitchell Stevens. You know, we we still don't really know what we're going to get out of him yet. Tampa Bay Lightning fans were saying that he was just misused because it was such a stacked lineup. Um, Nemestikov's a reliable veteran. So is Gagne. Like there, there are players, Adam Ernie, who is now Nolan Bianchi's favorite player. Adam Ernie, <laughs> baby. We have fun fact. We have exactly one Adam Ernie Jersey at the LCA team store, but that's neither here nor there. Just at one Nolan. single one at Nolan Bianchi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's just going to take time and it's going to take some lineup juggling to get that, that depth scoring going, but it, I think it will come. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it will too. And, and like I said, I think Suter is a big part of that. But I also think that uh, when you when you take a look at, again, like you said, the lineup juggling that, that Blashill loves to do, Larkin possibly getting a, anybody, any, you want to move Raymond down a line, there you go. That, that's a beauty. You want to you wanna mix Burt up with like second and third line people. Like, and, and we have veterans back there as well. That it, I, I just love the mix of uh, veterans and youth in all four of our lines. I, I think that it's blended very, very well. And we have a, I, I love that setup. And I think that going forward, like you said, with the, the production from those lower lines, that is what is going to make uh, the bot, the depth for this team. We're, we're not no longer going to be the you shut down the top line, you shut down the team yeah. type of a, an organization because of that, because of that very healthy mix with with veteran and youth. And honestly, even looking back to the defense, that the 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 defense, the defensive pairings are the same way. And I I think just having a, a good mix of all five out there at the same time will be really healthy for the team. Yeah, actually, I want to get to the defense and the goaltending as well because Nadelkovic made a huge save today. Uh, but let's, let's get to that on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. All right, it's time to talk to you guys about Built Bar. 
Did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? There is a flavor, and I, I promise you this, there is a flavor for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, to be honest, you're missing out. There's coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, many, many more. And if I'm being honest, it's got to be salted caramel. That's got to be my favorite. It's that combination of sweet, savory, and healthy that really just makes me want a Built Bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out these macros. There's 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. With plenty of time on the Chicago power play. There's Dabrinkit. Oh, Oh, what a save by Nadelkovich. Oh, he keeps it at 6-3. A diving stab with the outstretched stick on the man they call the cat. Welcome back to segment three of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And we are here breaking down the weekend recap of the Montreal Canadiens loss and the Chicago Blackhawks win. And Scotty and I were about to get into the, the meat of the defense and the goaltending of the 6-3 Detroit Red Wings win over the Chicago Blackhawks because we don't really want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens anymore. That was a bad loss. We're putting it out of our mind. We're talking about the good stuff. It was certainly a lot better. (laughs) If you want to talk about good defense, you'll you'll find a a, a little bit more, maybe not a ton more, but a little bit more in in the Chicago game. Well, you want to talk about just a defenseman in general who I'm not sure, I, I I don't get why he's playing top pair of minutes. And we're trying to talk about the positives. Even though there were some negatives in the Blackhawks game we could touch on too, but we want to talk about the positives. Danny DeKaiser, I don't time on the ice, twenty he minutes, twenty six seconds. In both he games. Smoked, his legs bro. just aren't there anymore, man. He got especially that uh what was it, the second goal that, that Chicago scored? It was literally one on one and he just he just got absolutely smoked, bro. On on national TV, they did they did the boy dirty. It was uh it was it was rough, and and the thing is, I think one of the I don't want to say saddest that that's too dramatic, but one of the the weirdest things to see is that the you can tell like he's the hockey IQ is still like like where it was. Yeah. He like, knows like where the, he should the, be. Right, the decision making is still there. He just can't execute said decisions at uh tonight or on Sunday's game especially even remotely close to to where I I think anyone including himself probably wants to execute it. I think you're spot on. Like clearly his defensive awareness is there and he knows what he should be doing. But it's just I I think that it, he just never fully recovered from that back surgery and it shows he's yeah. lost a lot of his speed. And, I mean, he and Moritz Sider were minus one today. Sider did have an assist, so he keeps, you know, I think he's like six points in six games, you know. Yeah. Keeping up for that. Keeping up that race for Calder with Lucas Raymond. Uh, But he just doesn't look that good. But I can't really give him too much grief for that goal with uh, Tyler Johnson because he tied up Johnson really well, and Johnson just fought and fought and fought 
and somehow just pure gritted that puck through Nedeljkovic. And I don't know how that managed to go in, but it did. But I, I thought DeKaiser played it well. He had him tied up the entire way. Just Johnson and beat him. I, I can't give him too much grief for that one. I really can't. He played he played him well. He played him well at the blue line for sure. Absolutely. Textbook. Um, and then it, it just seemed like as they got closer and closer to the net, uh, it, Danny was, was yeah, he, he got a little lost in the sauce there for a hot second. But, yeah, he, the, the goal itself was, was uh, somewhat ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, the, just as a whole, the, the Kaiser um, not, 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 certainly not what, what he once was, I guess we'll say. Yeah, I agree. Let's not focus too much on the negatives, though. We don't want to bully the Kaiser too bad because it was a 6-3 to three Red Wings win, and there were a lot of positives on the defensive side of things. One, Moritz Sider was your time-on-the-ice leader from defense at 23 minutes and 19 seconds, and he absolutely Love bullied Debrinkit. Love it. We didn't even talk about the, the, the second night in a row of the healthy scratch, by the way. I was actually hoping to save that for Tuesday's episode. Oh, okay. Should have well, relayed go. that to you. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> But no, that's that, fair though. That is something that we we need to talk about because that we I mean we can like break down and talk about the like the meaning of it and stuff on yeah. Tuesday's show. But it is to note that that Cider probably led the defense in ice time because of that. Because Phil Peronic was healthy scratched in both the Montreal game on Saturday and the Chicago Blackhawks game on Sunday, which yeah, all weekend is I and Jeff Blaschel spoke to Nolan's favorite person, Jeff Rieger. Mm-hmm. Um, in the pregame show on 97.1. And Jeff asked, will Hronik be in the lineup? And Blaschel didn't really give an answer. He just said, no, he's going to be a healthy scratch today. And because he didn't really give an, a reason as to why, leads me to believe it was disciplinary. like, Or maybe to prove a point. It wasn't health-related. It, I don't... And it doesn't Hronik, seem to be, at least. Hronik was your time on the ice leader up until that point. So there's definitely yeah, a lot and to all of last season. There's some stuff to unpack on that one. I was hoping uh, we'll try and leave that for Tuesday's episode. Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely yeah we'll definitely break it down more Tuesday. But but I I mean back to back to Sunday like the cider getting that opportunity to be the ice leader for the defense is obviously a huge uh a huge opportunity for him. And there were some mistakes late made. He still. Uh, kind of has a little bit of a, a, a turnover bug in, in neutral zone at, at times. But as a whole, I mean, it, it I, I thought the defense was was solid. It wasn't an impeccable defensive performance. There was still some some bad turnovers. And uh, the 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 what was it? I guess the first goal for Chicago was just. They they dominated our zone and and just set up the the one time slap shot. But um, I, I, I it's really nice to see Cider get that opportunity and and for the next man up when your leading ice getter is not on the ice for it to be a dude who's played six NHL games. I I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah, and and Nick Letty looked really good too. I thought. I mean, he had that one puck go off his shin pad, but you really can't, good you all can't year, really man. do that much about it. And I was don't I was so hyped when they traded for Nick Letty because he's just such a solid defenseman on such a nice contract. Like you could choose to extend him, you could choose to trade him. Just the perfect situation if you're a rebuilding Red Wings team. 
I, the defense, yeah. defense, you know, they didn't stand out as like anything impressive. The most most standout thing that happened with the defense was again with Cider bowling to Brinkett, which is just nice to see. I'm used to seeing replays of Brendan Smith getting bullied by Chara. It's nice to have the tall defenseman for once. Yes, it is. <laughs> a nice change of pace. Yeah, but uh, Nedeljkovic finally got what a good a game out of him, and what a save! What a save! That was he. He had looked rough in his uh, first two starts with the Red Wings. So far this season, he didn't have the best stuff. Um, but today, shots against 35, made 32 saves. I mean, that's got to be a huge confidence booster, especially when you make it. Let's be honest. That's a sports center top 10 save when you're crossing the crease like that with your paddle. Beauty. And Absolute that, beauty. That keeps it six the, the, the interesting thing was that he, he very much – the, the the most noticeable thing about his season so far has been how unbelievably aggressive of a goaltender yes. he is. He is way out there. He will go after the puck no matter how many of the, of, of the opponent's jerseys and, and sweaters are in the zone. He he is very much a, a, a no fear and almost aggressive to a fault at times, yes. admittedly. And uh, but but to, it works sometimes. And I, I think tonight was a. A really solid example of he did let up three. It wasn't masterclass by any stretch, but tonight was a, a a decent showing out of him. And and the other thing, again, like back to the defense is it the Blackhawks had less than twenty shots going into the third or something ridiculous. Like they they ended up catching up. They they had a lot of opportunities in the third period, and that's why we were sweating a little bit, thinking having opening night flashbacks, but. For, for the first two periods, we had a solid goaltending performance and a solid defensive performance, and we're taking advantage of a lot of turnovers by Chicago. And uh, if that if those first two periods would have stretched out into three, I know that's a very dangerous game to play, but if they would have stretched out into all three, I think we'd be talking about even an, an even more uh, dominant might be a little bit of an exaggeration, yeah. but, but even more of a, a, a peak performance from both the defense and Ned. Well, and I guess this is the final question I will leave us off with on this episode, Scott. Um, what is this team? Because <laughs> you get a six to one blowout on Saturday and a six to three win on Sunday. I, I want, it's, it's probably, let's be honest, probably somewhere more in the middle. You're not going to get blown out every game and you're not going to have a Lucas Raymond hat trick every game. But where, where, what, which of these teams are, are we leaning closer towards this season? What do you think? I would like to believe that we're six games in. We've seen four and a half gritty performances with good enough defense most times and a, actually a pretty solid offensive approach, especially at the top line. I would like to think that the one we've seen more of so far is the one that we will get long-term. However, there is still so much youth on this team that I think it, it will probably be a... I, I think that this team will probably be about what opening night was, as, as horrible as that sounds. I think you're going to see... A lot of offensive opportunities. A lot of young players step up on the offensive end. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of a lot of grit like that and a lot of physicality. But I also think you're going to see some some shaky goaltending at times. 
with some defensive mistakes from everybody, not just the defensemen, the, the forwards too. And uh, I, basically I'm saying I think we're going to be in quite a few uh, of these games where the, the hockey scores are looking more like baseball scores. Yeah, I, I think that's a very accurate summarization of it. I like to... Um, compare what the Red Wings are this year. What I hope they're going to be this year is to what the Tigers were this year, something that you're very well versed on, where they'll probably still be below 500 and not make the playoffs, but it's a clear step forward in the right direction, and you know that they're very close very soon to being a legitimate playoff contender. I think that there's a lot of growing pains this year, but there's going to be a lot, a lot to love from this team this season. I absolutely agree, and I think the fan base would love that too. I, I, think, that is, I think that's what most people want. I think that is the expectation within the organization and within the the fan base. I think that's why you saw so much hype and and more like marketing and stuff going into the season. I I, I really do think that 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 is spot on. I think big step in the right direction. Kind of establish a culture. Yeah. Dylan Larkin's out there sucker punching people. You know, we we our, our captains throwing hands with gloves on. Like I I think the. I think that we will establish a, a little bit of a personality, even if we don't win as many games as as you know we we maybe want. I, I think establishing a personality and seeing the kids take a step forward is really all that matters. And we have definitely seen all of those things up to this point. So even if the the win loss record or the points aren't fantastic at the end of the season, if we keep playing like we have for like I said, like four four and a half games so far this year. I, I will be very happy after game 82. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, that's a fantastic point, Scotty. Um, on that note, we're going to end this thing here. We'll be back with you guys uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, October 26th, is when we'll be back with a new episode. Thanks for making the Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Make sure... <laughs> Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. And we will catch you guys tomorrow. Good enough. Same time, same, same place. place. It's your, your team, team every day. Every day. <laughs> there you go. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.